Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swing and a drive, right field and deep. Back goes Aquino, it's got a chance, gone! Get out the tape measure, long gone! Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 38. This one we're calling out Finishing Reds Hot. That's right. The Cubs went ahead and swept the Reds right out of Wrigley Field. I am Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on 670. The score, of course, we are your radio home for all Cubs baseball. Unfortunately, Crowley, as we do episode number 38, we are entering the final three games and the home portion of the schedule is over. And I know you had a lot of fun over the last couple of days over at the Friendly Confines. Yeah, for those of you that aren't aware, the Cubs always do a great, um, it's it's a fan appreciation weekend. And this year was more special, I think. They, they really kind of went out of their way to make it exciting. Um, they offered um, fans an opportunity to get autographs. So on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you could. There was two different lines. There was a line for uh, alumni Cubs, and there were lines for current Cubs. And so um, Miggy uh, uh, Miggy Montero was in. I talked to him for a little while. Lee Smith was in, and Ray Burris were signing on Friday and Saturday. And on Sunday, Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg was signing at Gallagher Way. So absolutely a lot of fun. And then, you know, they had a lot of guys, um, a lot of different pitchers. Uh, Hayden was there and uh, Adbert Alzali and just plenty of guys that were signing um, for fans inside the ballpark as well. Um, and then, you know, it's just they, they do free seat upgrades. They do giveaways from Cubs Authentics, um, uh, all sorts of fun things that they had going on all weekend. So. I think the Cubs really did a great job uh, of making fans feel welcome. And we'll have plenty of time to dissect the autopsy of the 22 uh, Chicago Cubs. But, uh, you know, I left feeling, especially the way that this end of the season is kind of all played out. I, I'm, I'm leaving feeling very positive. I feel I got the 2014 vibes like, you know, that last game when Rizzo was going after Chapman and the, and the entire Reds uh, dug out. And you just kind of had a feeling that we're about to turn a corner. Yeah, let's get into the vibes once we wrap up the uh, series. Let's uh, let's get into it, Crowley. Let's talk about Friday afternoon. We had all-day baseball, the way God intended it, as you like to say, right, this past weekend. 
So game number one that we're going to talk about was Friday afternoon. Adrian Sampson on the hill, kind of our adopted guy this season. Let's uh, let's roll through this one. Yeah, Adrian Sampson versus Graham Ashcraft. You know, it was uh, top of the second. Jake Fraley hits a home run to right. So the Reds are out early, one nothing. But that's all they're going to get. Bottom of the second, Ian Happ with the leadoff single. Franmil Reyes followed that uh, up with uh, runners at second and third, no out. And so Nico Horner doubles and Happ and Reyes score. The Cubs take a two-to-one lead. Then Christopher Morrell, who has been red hot since being at Club 400, had a two-out double. <laughs> that would get Nico in, and the Cubs would take a three-to-one lead. Bottom of the third, Seiya Suzuki back, has the baby all excited, had a little blonde streak in his hair. Uh, he had a leadoff single. Patrick Wisdom strikes out. Ian Happ and Fran Mil Reyes drew back-to-back walks. Nico grounded into a force out. First baseman Donovan Solano threw it to second baseman Spencer Steer. They were going for the old 3-4-3 double play. Uh, Reyes is out at second, but Steer then on the way throwing it back to first threw it away. And so Happ and Suzuki score, and the Cubs now lead 5-1. to one. Jan Gomes hits a ground rule double scoring Nico. So that's the Cubs up 6-1, to one, and that would be the final. Cubs 6, Reds 1. Adrian Sampson, 7 innings pitch, 3 hits, 1 run, 2 walks, 6 Ks. He does it again. Yep. Unbelievable. He's had, he's had, he really has had a really, really nice second half. And as uh, Tommy Hadovy told Mully and Haw the other day, I thought this was really interesting. If you didn't hear the interview, I'll give you a little bit of it. But he said, you know, the one thing is you can never have too much starting pitching. So it kind of seems like the Cubs right now have a log jam of guys based on how guys finished up the year. Um, and then the whole idea of buying somebody for the top of that rotation. The Cubs right now are blessed and have a good problem with too much starting pitching right now. Yeah, and and, and you know it, you know and you never know how, what happens year to year. You know some of these guys have gone past the uh, innings they've pitched previously. You don't know how their arms are going to bounce back next year. Maybe some of these guys caught lightning in a bottle this year, and it may not happen next year. But you'd rather have more pitchers than not enough. That's what Absolutely we know. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. The Cubs' offense was on fire. Six runs on eight hits, five left on base, three for nine with runners in scoring position, Hap two for three, Horner was one for four with three RBIs, Gomes two for four with an RBI. For the Reds, Ashcroft only went 2.2 innings, gave up six hits, six runs, five earned, two walks, one K. The offense had one run on four hits, four left on base, 0 for three with runners in scoring position. Fraley had a good game, uh, he, he was three for four, but that was really the only one that did anything uh, for the for the Reds that day. And then before Crowley, that was a Friday game. The Cubs had um, Thursday off, right? And that was the when um, – that correct me if I'm wrong, but that is when the, um, the, the Cubs' uh, former right fielder who's leaving town, he met with the media, correct? Yeah, we talked about that last time. He met with the media, and um, that was obviously uh, pretty cool. He did a great job with that one. And um, in game two, they're going to recognize him, and that was really awesome. Um, it ended up happening uh, that he did the announcement on Thursday, and then on Saturday, uh, you had him come out, and it was right about in before the game, Jason Hayward in full Cubs uniform uh, delivered the lineup card to the umpire. Okay, so that was, was very that's cool. That's what he did. Okay. He delivered the lineup card. Okay. And then in the middle of the fourth inning, the Cubs did this beautiful tribute to Jason Hayward. He comes out and, and the place just erupts. 
And out of his back pocket, he puts on, he slips on his World Series ring. Yeah, and, that was very cool. Kind of made the fist. Yeah, fist. They put it up on the jumbotron. Yeah, that was very cool. And very the place cool. is shaking. And 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 the amount of love that Jay Hay has, especially. I mean, we we all know the story about what he did for David Ross, but there's such a a, a a mutual amount of respect between those two men. And to see, you know, to have Ross still in the dugout there and be there for Jay Hay was just amazing. Yeah, that was a hell of a uh, of a hug the two of them had out on the field. So Carly, you were there. Let's go through it. Game number two. Drew Smiley was the starter. Yeah, Smiley versus Nick Lodolo. Lodolo pitched great, but we kind of joked about it because it was TBD on the last show. Right, we, right. we said, you know, we don't know who it's going to be, but, you know, you have Smiley and Miley. They're going to test them both. Maybe we'll have a Miley-Smiley game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we had, the Smiley-Miley game. Uh, so it is Drew Smiley that's going to start. Bottom of the second with two outs. David Bodie draws a walk. Nelson Velasquez will triple. David Bodie scores. Cubs are up one nothing. Top of the two, uh, third two outs, Spencer Steer doubles to left. Kyle Farmer singles, Steer scores. Game's tied at one. It would stay tied at one until the bottom of the seventh with two outs. New daddy, Seiya Suzuki, homers on a fly ball to left center to put the Cubs ahead two to one. The, he was so excited, pumping his fist around first base. It was The place was just electric. It was so much fun. And uh, we've talked about the piggybacking before, and you definitely saw it there. For the Cubs, Smiley went three innings. He gave up that one run. Alzali pitched three shutout innings, and Miley pitched two shutout innings. And uh, Manrod and Brandon Hughes combined to finish the ninth. The offense only had two runs on three hits, eight left on base, over two with runners in scoring position. Say Velasquez and Morrell had big hits for the Cubs. For the Reds, Lodolo went five innings pitched, two hits, one run, five walks, five Ks. The uh, bullpen shut the Cubs' offense down until Saya hit that home run, but the Reds' offense only had one run on four hits, five left on base, one for three with scoring position, and out of those four hits, Kyle Farmer had two of them. Yeah, so it was really cool to see Saya do what he did, and again, you were there. It had to be, like you said, it was absolutely electric. Came through off the speaker. I had that game on my Odyssey app listening to the game, and it sounded fantastic off of that but i can only imagine what it was like because it was a beautiful day on saturday yeah uh, yeah it was it was it was a beautiful day and just just like i said just everybody's was was knowing it was the end but but kind of just having positive feelings and and the way that the cubs have been playing lately it's it's it just you know baseball's more fun when the cubs are winning that's always been the saying you know and so you're sitting here looking at the Cubs. They're one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. They've won nine of their last 10. Okay. They got a seven game winning streak going yeah. and you know, whatever you play the teams that are in front of you, but it's just been, it's been fun to watch. Right. We were worried at one point that the Cubs are going to lose another hundred game season. And now they can't even lose 90 games this year. So, um, you know, some might think that's a mistake, but as it winds up, I, I think, and especially for you and the people that get to a lot of games, um, it's had to be a lot more fun than sitting there if they were approaching loss number 100. All right, game three, Crowley. Marcus Stroman had a wonderful start, wonderful afternoon, really finishing up the uh, season for himself really well. How about how about this for a game? Last game of the season, Stroman versus Chase Anderson. Bottom of the first, Zach McKinstry doubles. Wilson, he gets a nice long ovation. We'll talk about that. There was plenty of those. He gets hit by a pitch. Saya walks. He got the bases loaded, no outs. Anderson walks Ian Happ. 
So he walks in the run, Cubs lead one nothing. Nico hits one to first baseman Donovan Solano. They get half at second, but Nico hustling out of the box avoids the double play. Wilson scores, runners at the corner. Cubs are up 2 nothing. Fran Mail Reyes singles. Seya scores. Nico to second. That makes it 3 nothing. Higgins. They walk PJ Higgins. Anderson walks PJ Higgins to load the bases. Anderson, Chase Anderson is chased from the game. Basically, if you're going to walk PJ Higgins, you're, you're done. Yeah. And so he's out. Fernando Cruz into the game. He gets Bodie to strike out swinging. But with two outs, Nelson Velasquez had himself a game. He doubles. Nico and Fran Mill score, and the Cubs are up 5 nothing in the bottom of the first. Nice uh, nice setup there for Marcus Stroman, right? You get five runs uh, up there before you get out there again for the second inning. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it was just – you're just watching this, and I think the inning was like 40, 45 minutes. They're th- you know, the pitchers, you know, Chase Anderson threw like 50 pitches – you know, it was, and everyone was just fired up. Bottom of the fourth, one out, Seiya Suzuki singles, half doubles, Nico with the sack fly, Seiya scores at six, nothing. Top of the seventh, Mark Leiter's on the mound. Um, Mike Sinai singles, Chris, uh, Chucky Robinson grounds out, Sinai goes to second, TJ Friedel strikes out, and then Jonathan India, it was just a little looper, kind of a little cheap hit that, that went, you know, over the infielders and Siani scores and the Cubs lead is six to one. Bottom of the seventh, Nico again singles. Reyes with the ground rule double that bounced out of the park. Uh, Nico to third, Higgins and Bodie strikeout singing once again with two outs. Nelson Velasquez triples. Horner and Reyes score, and the Cubs increase their lead eight to one. Um, you know, there's a couple big stories here to talk about with uh, Stroman. Six innings pitched, five hits, zero runs, two walks, seven Ks. The offense had eight run on 12 hits, 10 left on base, three for 16 with runners in scoring position. Suzuki, two for four. Hap, three for four. Reyes, two for five. Velasquez, two for three. Chase Anderson got one out, gave up two hits, five runs, walked three, and that was his day. Didn't even make it through the first. The offense had one run on seven hits, eight left on base, one for four with runners in scoring position. Jonathan India, two for three. But the two big stories here, number one is Stroman and the way that he finished off the season. That was his last start of the season. And, you know, he missed two weeks in May with COVID. And all of June he missed with a right shoulder injury. And he talked about how he just kind of was out of sorts a little bit with the way that the lockout shortened spring training. He never really kind of got into his groove. But let's kind of take a look here what happened since he came back from the injured list. He makes 16 starts, goes 91 innings with a 2.56 ERA. That's got to give Cub fans, you know, plenty to be excited about, you know, and and that's the guy that we were hoping to see all season. And, you know, I think he really hit his stride at the end. Absolutely. I mean, really, really good ending for him. Something to um, build on in the offseason. I don't think Stroman is an ace, but maybe you could make the argument as a number two guy, depending on who that ace was. But with some of the guys that are coming back next year, maybe Stroman's a really, really solid number three. And then, of course, Crowley, the second story, Wilson Contreras in his uh, potentially farewell part two at Wrigley Field. Yeah, we did this once before. We we, we, we did it again, you know, um, every time. Wilson was up the bat. Everybody was just cheering. And if you ever go to the last game of the season, um, 
The last game of the season is very special. The players all come out usually and they'll throw a bunch of balls all over the stadium. You know, usually they usually just do that to the bleachers occasionally right around the, you know, the left field side. But here they throw so many balls to everybody. This time, the, all the players came out to sing Go Cubs Go and to salute the fans. I haven't seen them do that for a while. Um, and, and that was really great. And Wilson was there just you know, he said, quote, I know this is the last game of the season, especially the last home game of my journey with the Cubs. Just going to go out there with my head up high and keep doing the best for the team into the last day. And he was the last one out there on the field doing that, soaking it in. Um, and, and just the fans, there were signs everywhere and, and people loved it. And, and, you know, it's the reality of this situation is coming to a head. Wilson said, this could have been my home for my whole career, but I got to a moment in my career that is like a dream come true. I earned my spot in free agency and I'm looking forward to it. So I think there's part of Wilson that, that, that loves the fans and loves the city, but feels disrespected and slighted by the organization. And uh, he's going to test the market and there's no saying for sure that he's not coming back, but it just, it really looks hard at this point, Dustin, to see right. how that happens. In, in the little line there, almost passive aggressive, right? I've earned my place in free agency and I'm going to explore it. Just, Oh, by the way, Cubs, just, just so you know, just so you know, I've earned this and now I'm going to go do it. Thank you very much. So again, if that was the end, I guess so be it. Um, I guess if anything, feel fortunate Cubs fans that we got the little bit of extra time we did. I, I, I'll say it's not over till it's over. Let's see what exactly the market will bear for him. There's going to be a qualifying offer. There's no doubt about that. They aren't going to let him walk out for absolutely nothing. They'll get a draft pick worst case scenario. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he, he just, like I said, you know, he, it's, it's, you remember that first at bat first pitch he sees home run, you know, you remember that that, I mean, he's the starting catcher for game seven of right. the world series for the Chicago yep. Cubs of all teams. Right. I mean, there, there's so many awesome memories of Wilson and, you know, I, I feel very blessed and very fortunate that I got to be with friends and my wife and, and a lot of a lot of like I said, it's the bleachers were packed. The bowl, not so much. Um, you know, it's Sunday. The, the Bears are on. But but for anybody that truly loves the Cubs, the last game of the season always truly is a special one. And, uh, you know, the one thing I do want to give my tip my hat to is I, I gave the Cubs a real hard time last year on Twitter because for the first time ever. They had some country guy. I don't know. I'm not a country fan, Dustin. Sorry. But they had some country guy singing the seventh inning stretch on the last home game of the season. That has traditionally always been the grounds crew that got to sing the seventh inning stretch. And I was not happy last year when the grounds crew did not get their opportunity because those guys bust their butts day in, day out to make Wrigley Field that beautiful federal landmark that we all know and love. It, it doesn't just happen. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into that. And so last year I, I tweeted at Cubs, which I usually don't do because I know the guys that run the Cubs Twitter account and they're great people, but it was the only way I was going to get my voice heard. And a lot of the workers at Wrigley thanked me for that after saying, Crawley, 100% right. That's the grounds cruise. That's their day. That's the one day where we as fans get to show our appreciation to the uh, grounds crew and say thank you for the work that you guys do because they're awesome. And 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 so I'm glad that the Cubs recognize that lapse in judgment in 2021 and that the ground uh, that it was corrected and the grounds crew is back out there where they belonged, getting the accolades that they absolutely deserve.
Amen to that. Amen. And uh, I believe it was Sunday, but correct me, maybe Saturday. I had a really busy weekend and the days kind of got confused my Saturdays and Sunday, but didn't, uh, didn't Vincent do an unbelievable rendition of the anthem either Saturday? Or oh, Saturday? that was Saturday. 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 Okay. Johnny Vincent gave it 110% on that one. That was, I've gotten to know John over the years and you'll never find a guy like, he just has such a big heart. He's a big giant teddy bear and he's got those big pipes. And, and, and what we used to do is we used to on Twitter, we would get the stopwatch. So when you hit the free, we would hit it and see how many, I didn't do that this time. But I will tell you, the free was extended, and he was given it every ounce that he had there. There's so much that happened this weekend, Dustin. It's like I, I, I I'm, I'm. It's like so much. It's like you just reminded me of that, and I was like, right. oh my god, yeah, absolutely, that happened. That was pretty it's, cool. Uh, yeah, it was I awesome. It, I heard it on the score. They did a great job carrying it. I love that they always do their best to carry the anthems. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is season one, episode 38. We're calling this one Finishing Reds Hot. Get it? Crowley and I, I believe both predicted a sweep, and that's exactly what the Cubs did. They swept the Reds right out of town. Coming up next, the Cubs are in Cincinnati for the final three games against the Reds to wrap up this season. Today, Crowley, it's the first day of the Arizona Fall League. Our next guest, Jared Banner, sat down with you to talk about how players are selected to participate in the AFL and also about the recent minor league minicamp that he held over the weekend that saw some of the top prospects in the organization visiting the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Yeah, Dustin, this was something. We actually had uh, DJ Hertz out, Jordan Wicks, Ben Leeper, Daniel Palencia, Brennan Davis, Pete Crow Armstrong, Owen Casey, Matt Mervis, Chase Strumpf, Johan Peralza, Johendrick Pinago, all at Wrigley Field. And and a lot of the great ideas that, are, that the Cubs are doing, um, Jared and his staff have done a phenomenal job. Um, they're the ones that picked the Arizona Fall League, the players that are going to go into there to do some development. They're the ones that brought these players out that you're going to hear about. And and the Arizona Fall League is something we're really going to play, pay really close attention to. So Jared is a great person to talk to, and this is a great interview. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, Jared Banner. Jared is the Vice President of Player, Develop, how, player Development. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm great. How are you? Good. So, so tell our listeners how you kind of got to the place that you are in, in the Cubs organization. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty long story, but it was um, <laughs> how, how in depth do you want me to go here? Well, you were previously what the VP of special projects. What did that entail? Yeah. So I spent a lot of time working with our R and D group on some internal uh, valuation projects that we had going. I also spent time going around and seeing our system. Um, just evaluating our players and, and our processes a bit. So got a little bit uh, my feet wet in player development last year and then um, you know grabbed a more formal role this year when, when that opportunity presented itself. Now, one thing I thought was interesting, and, 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 you, and I believe you, know, you had a big part of this, is that off-season camp that you guys had in Arizona. 
where you invited 30 prospects and they had housing, they had food, they had all the resources they needed. Uh, what, what was that some sort of idea that you guys came up with to try to help build some camaraderie among the young guys? It's really a credit to our ownership group for giving us the resources to, to do that. Not every organization has the, uh, the means or willingness to do so. Um, so special credit to, to them. We, we just view development as a 12, 12 month process. Um, and some of the biggest development gains happened during the offseason. And we felt like there were certain targeted players that would really benefit from being with us year round. And we wanted to make sure we uh, you know, took care of their housing and their food and things of that nature during the offseason to uh, make sure we'd be able to, to do that. And are you doing it again this season? We are. More okay. players this year. Oh, all right. Because you had 30 last year and you're going to do more. And it's funny because I remember I, I, CubsCon, we heard the news is back. We're excited and the young players are going to be there at their first CubsCon. But I remember one time I, I was talking to Theo and Jed at the convention. I asked a question, you know, that's to me, like you talk about market inefficiencies. That's one of the biggest ones that you could exploit right there is having these guys develop and not have to worry about Ubering or doing sub teaching jobs or coaching. They just can focus on their craft and together develop that camaraderie that, uh, Jason Hayward kind of mentioned uh, is so important in his uh, speech today. So it's awesome to hear that you guys are doing that. Now, how did you figure out which prospects to target for that? It, it's a combination of things. I, I think there's some players who have really good situations at home, wherever they're from. Maybe it's the college they went to or something of some training facility they work out at, maybe driveline or Cressy. For, for certain players, um, you know, we know they're getting – what they need externally. And for other players, it might be more challenging for whatever reason. Um, maybe the country that they come from, they, they don't have as many resources. So we want to make sure we provide those resources to uh, each and every player as much as, as much as we can. And this weekend, uh, this has to be new, right? Uh, you have 14 prospects coming to Wrigley for a prospect camp. How did that come about? Yeah, it's, it's called Wrigley Camp. Somehow it's turned into Prospect Camp um, in the media, but it's, it's just Wrigley Camp. And we're, we're having 13 of our, I mean, I'm sorry, 14 of our minor leaguers come in. Uh, mostly guys we think will impact us at the major league level within the next 12 to 24 months. And, and the goal is to you know, get the group acclimated to Wrigley Field, the sights and sounds. They'll watch three games here. They'll meet with, with Rossi. Uh, they'll spend time with VJ, getting to know the clubhouse a little bit and some of the uh, the folks down there, and just getting to know the neighborhood, the hotel, just all the sights and sounds they're going to see when they eventually get called up so that it's not novel to them. Secondly, the, the main reason for it is uh, we want to spend time with this group going over their off-season plans and be really specific and intentional about um, how each player goes about their off-season so they can be properly prepared to come to spring training and uh, hit the ground running. Yeah, and it's an impressive list that you got there. Ben Brown, Ryan Jensen, DJ Hertz, Jordan Wicks, Ben Leeper, Daniel Palencia, Brennan Davis, PCA, Owen Cassie, Matt Mervis, Chase Strumpf, Darius Hill, Jonathan Peralza, and Johendrick Pinango. So I got a chance to see a couple of those guys uh, both watching on marquee and going to some stadiums. And and like you said, it's a very, you know, Wrigley's a, is a unique ballpark. It's the unique neighborhood. And anything you can do to kind of make that transition easier has got to be helpful. Absolutely. That's exactly how we see it. Now, uh, you know, you're a busy man because right after that, we have the Arizona Fall League coming up. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what the Arizona Fall League is. Yeah, it's a, it's an off-season league where 
Um, each club, basically each team is a combination of about eight prospects from five different organizations. So, for example, where the Marlins are on the Mesa Solar Sox with us, as are the Yankees. So we'll have some of their prospects on our team as well. And um, for us this year, it's a it's a good opportunity to get like a player like Brennan extra bats after he missed um, a few months of the season or for whatever other reason, pictures we want to give more innings to that are working on something new. We want to get them in game competition. Uh, it's just an extra opportunity to play extra baseball. So it starts October 3rd and then the championship is November, November 12th. 12th. Okay. So that's, that's, you know, it's Arizona, the facilities that they have at, uh, you know, at Sloan Park are just absolutely top notch and it's gotta be, you know, just, uh, or, or is the, do the solar socks, do you, do you, the, entire team go into one facility and work together? Do you work with all the other coaches? How does that all work together? Yeah. So all the whole AFL team works out of our facility. They use our weight room thing, our clubhouse, all those things. And then we have a trainer and a coach um, that are from our organization that work with the entire team. Okay. And so, and, 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 and people love going out there and being able to kind of see some games. I mean, Arizona is just, especially in the, you know, you know, in the fall, it's starting to already get cold here. I was wearing a sweatshirt and a couple layers yesterday, Jared, but uh, you're taking a look here at this, you know, this young group of talent, you had three of the four affiliates in the postseason. You guys as a team have had to feel, felt absolutely just amazed at that as far as an, from an organizational standpoint. Yeah. We, we really believe that if you develop good players that you'll, you'll win games and it'll, it'll happen naturally. And that's, somewhat of, of what we've seen this year um it's i've noticed it going around these last few weeks during the playoffs it's a great development opportunity for the players to um be in some must-win games be in some games where every pitch counts every ground ball counts every at-bat counts um and i i think our guys will be be way better off for it so we don't talk about winning constantly um but it is really important and it is something that we, we ultimately strive for. And I, you know, I was, I was taking a look at, uh, you know, just some of the players and their personalities. I think also having your own network where they can kind of be featured. I think that kind of helps them get a little bit ready for big time too. Absolutely. Um, natural media training. It, it's really, Marquis done a great job this year, giving us a lot of coverage, uh, especially, um, you know, when we play during the day, they'll put our, our night games on things, things like that. And I, I, I think it's good for the players um, and the announcers and the minor league staffs and, and front offices. I think it's great all the way around. Now, has there ever been talk about Marquee airing any Arizona Fall League baseball as far as the Solar Sox are concerned? I mean, I know there's probably issues with other teams and media rights or something, but has that ever been discussed? You know, that's a great question. Um, and that's a question I'll ask. <laughs> because, you know, when Tom first announced Marquee Network, you know, I was absolutely thrilled because of stuff like you get to see the young players. The Road to Wrigley series is, is just absolutely amazing, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And it's like people laugh at me just because I, you know, I I interviewed somebody today with the Cubs, Jen from uh, the senior vice president of marketing. And she was she said, I work with the Pelicans. And I said, oh, from Myrtle Beach. She said, no, New Orleans. I'm like, for me, other sports don't exist other than baseball. <laughs> so being able to watch the Arizona Fall League would just kind of be something that would interest me. So, you know, it, it would be fun to do and, and, and see what the players are doing. Now, 
when you guys go out to that Arizona Fall League, do you also scout other players and kind of just look and see and maybe, hey, in the future, that might be someone we may be interested in? Yeah, anytime we watch a baseball game, all antennas are up for, for our players, for everyone else on the field. Um, so definitely, absolutely. And your job entails a lot of traveling is, is what you were kind of alluding to earlier when we were talking off camera. Yeah, yeah, well, our players are all over, so I have to be all over as well. And so right now, what would you say when you looked at this last, uh, as far as the minor league system, what were some things that really kind of stood out to you that you said, okay, this is working. I, we're seeing results as far as some of these players are concerned. Well, I'm, let me uh, pull it up here. I was actually looking at that today. Today was the first real day that I said, okay, season's over. can really look back and, and see where we are. Um, so our, our WOBA as an organization has – really improved. Um, we went from 27th last year to 10th this year. So that's taken a, a, a good step forward. Same thing, XWOBA, we were 29th, now we're 17th. Um, so we've, we've taken some, some good steps, always more, more room for improvement. Um, but we're, we're excited about the players we have and, and how well they've done. Same thing in, uh, on the pitching side, we we're 20th in ERA last year, this year we were 10th. Uh, last year we were 18th in HFX RAA, which I'm not sure if you know what that means, but that's a stat that, that we look at sometimes. We went from 18th to 11th. What does that stat look at? What's that? What does that stat look at? Uh, essentially, the quality of contact against our pitches. So okay. it's basically the, the inverse of, of XWOBA in a sense. Okay. Um, our FIP went from 27th to 16th. So we, we, we've taken some, some strong steps forward. We're really excited about it. And it, to me, I, I see like more of a got a streamlined culture as far as the Cubs approach to drafting and player development. I felt like, you know, with, with the last the 2016 champions, I mean, I think they did a great job of identifying talent, but you know, afterwards there were some struggles with, I think player development a little bit. And, and this time around, you know, you know, when you talk about the hitting coordinator, pitching coordinator, uh, you know, scouting, every everything seems to be working. Everyone seems to kind of be rolling in the same direction. Well, first, I want to give a lot of credit to uh, Dan Kankshevitz and his amateur scouting group, as well as Louis O'Howe and his international scouting group. Those guys do a great job uh, scouring the country and the earth for uh, for talent year in and year out. And they've done a great job putting some really talented players into our hands. Uh, same thing goes for, for Jed and, and Carter and the rest of our baseball ops group here with some of the trades. Like we've, we've really um, brought some, some guys that have really impressed us. Um, so Ben Brown, thinking about PCA, um, and, and those are all guys that we acquired in trades. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a group effort. And then once the guys get to player development, our staff works so hard on a day-to-day -day basis, chasing after our player plan goals and the, um, you know, the goals we set out for each guy, we, we are vigilant about chasing them down every day. And it's really resulted in some, some positives for us this year. So I got to ask, have you ever been to a Cubs convention before Jared? Never. Okay. So, uh, you know, this is going to be your first time. This is going to be a lot of the young players first time. And, you know, just talking in general, you know, even whether you're talking about the people from marquee, to some of the players like say a Suzuki, this is going to be a whole new experience. And I'm really excited to see 
your reaction. I'd love to get your take on it and see what the young, the young prospects thought of it, because it is really something that you, there's no way to describe it. You just have to experience. And I remember seeing like a young Javi Baez and Jorge Soler and Eloy and all those guys when they were young and just how fresh faced they were and how, when they looked at that crowd, just going nuts for them, they all knew who they were. It was just a different experience to kind of see that kind of love coming from the fan base. Absolutely. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it myself. Well, Jared, I appreciate you popping on, giving us a few minutes of your time. We'd love to have you back on in the future, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person at Cubs convention. Absolutely, Crow. Anytime. Thank you, Jared. You take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 38, Finishing Reds Hot. It's Dustin Rhodes and Crawley with you as we start to preview, unfortunately, Crawley, the final three games of the regular season. Two night games followed by a day game on Wednesday. Let's uh, get into it. Tonight we got uh, West Nasty, Hayden Wesniewski on the mound for the Northsiders. Yeah, you got Hayden going up against Hunter Green. Hayden 3-1, and one, 233 ERA, 27Ks. I saw him pitch on Wednesday night the last time he did pitch. Going up against Hunter Green, who is 4-13 and 13 with a 486 ERA. I don't care what team you're on. 13 losses never really looks good against four wins. Um, but, you know, I saw Hayden against the Phillies, and that is a really, really good lineup. Uh, I know that they're having their struggles, and, uh, you know, that's what can you say. But uh, he went five innings, pitched six hits. He only gave up one earned run, two walks. And so he even talked that it wasn't his best start. But, you know, he he still, even without his best stuff, he still was getting those guys out. And so he's very impressive young man. Um, he also had a good start up against uh, Pittsburgh. He went 6.1, gave up five hits, two runs against Colorado, seven innings, three hits, one run. And that was on uh, September 17th. So, you know, this is everything we've been talking about is kind of leading the, where we were, what we're feeling right now is the team is looking good. The pitching's looking good. You just want to go, you want to leave this season with a good taste in your mouth. And I think that's what the Cubs are doing. Now, Hunter Green's kind of been on a little bit of a roll, slight roll for him. He faced Pittsburgh last time out, six innings pitched, four hits, zero earned runs. Against Milwaukee, he went five innings, two hits, two earned runs. And on 9-17 against St. Louis, he went six innings, four hits, zero earned runs against Hunter Green. So, you know, I know we're all kind of buzzing pretty good after this last six games, the sweeps. But, uh, you know, just you don't want to fall asleep on Hunter Green. You want them to be able to kind of come out play the way that they've been playing with confidence and hopefully continue this winning streak. Absolutely. You know, Crowley, in the first segment of the podcast, we talked about the extra love the players and Wrigley Field were giving the fans. Did you get in line for a uh, West Nasty autograph, or is that something you already own? Uh, no, I take my time with that. Uh, for me, I, I, I sit there, and there's there's been plenty of times I've gotten autographs, and maybe the player doesn't pan out. You never know. And Hayden looks pretty good right now, and 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 one way or another we'll get the autograph. But uh, I mainly go with the older guys and the 2016 guys. I always have stuff that I have for that stuff that I'm always working to get. Awesome. Well, make sure you check out the uh, game tonight on the score. This is one you'll want to pay attention to. Reminder, there are only three of them left. Game two, Crowley, Tuesday night, still in Cincinnati. Javier Assad making his last start of the season. Yeah, so – you have Javier Assad, 2-2 two two with a 3.62 ERA versus Luis Sesa, 4-4 four four with a 4.76 ERA. You know, Javier, you know, did a lot better last time. You know, we talked about the walks and trying to be more aggressive, and that's really what he has to do. 
went five innings, gave up five hits, zero runs. Um, the time before that against Pittsburgh, he gave up four hits, three runs with three walks. And then that Colorado start wasn't good. He only went two innings, two hits, four runs with four walks. So it really is for a guy like Javier Assad, this is, this is a tryout, you know, give David, give, give David Ross something to look at or think about going into next year, come out and pitch a great game. Uh, we talked about the piggy bag and stuff before. So I'm, I'm hoping I really like him and I hope he has a good game, but he's going to have to go out there and prove it. You know, as far as Luis Sesa is concerned, you know, a young stud, uh, hopefully, you know, the Cubs can kind of get to him and see what happens. I mean, he's not young, he's 30 years old, but he's a guy that kind of has been more of a journeyman and, and just kind of looking at it. Last time out against Pittsburgh, six innings pitch, he had eight hits, three runs, two walks. Uh, against Milwaukee, he went 4.2 innings, gave up six hits, two earned runs. Against St. Louis, five innings, one hit, zero earned runs. So, you know, we saw Luis Sesa, the Cubs, before, and uh, they were able to do all right against him. So hopefully with this time around they can get to him and again and, and hopefully have a good outing. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think what you said there, Crowley, was very interesting. You know, for Assad, you know, give Jed, give Tommy Hadovy, give David Ross, give those guys – a reason to be thinking about you a lot at night when they're laying their head on the pillow and thinking about next year's staff. Yeah. And, 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 you know, another person is going to be our game three starter. You know, you talk about another guy and this is where sometimes like when you talk about Luis Cesar, or Adrian Sampson, sometimes these guys come up and, and so that's going to be the game three starter, Adrian Sampson versus Graham Ashcroft, a rematch of yesterday's game. And Samson, like I said, 30 years old, having a really, really good season. And, uh, you know, he, he's right now, when you talk about Samson, he's four and five with a 310 ERA versus uh, Graham Ashcroft, five and five with a 452 ERA. But just uh, he's he is on a roll right now. When you're looking at what Adrian's doing, seven innings pitch, three hits, one earned run against Pittsburgh, six innings pitch, four hits, one run against Miami. Eight innings, uh, six innings pitch, eight hits, one run. So this guy's just kind of been been nothing more than a, a consistent, solid number five starter. And and like I said, I don't know if he's going to have a role in the starting lineup, but you you know it's just it's a good insurance policy to have. Absolutely, hundred percent. I, I I really like Samson. I think he's the, he's he's good. I, I like his mental makeup. I love that the walks are down. That's another thing I really like about him, especially lately. So, all right, Crowley, prediction time. Well, what are we thinking? We we both we both said sweep, I believe, in the final home set of games. We were both right. Are you uh, willing to uh, go sweep again, or you think it's going to be a little hard to take six in a row from this team? I think it's going to be hard, but I'm trying to figure out which game of the three I feel. Let's go with game two has me nervous. I'll have the game. I'll have the Cubs taking two or three. I have them taking game one and game three. How's that? Yeah, partner prediction, Crowley. I'm thinking the exact same thing. I hope Assad proves both of us wrong. Really do. Um, that's really what I'm hoping for. But uh, let, let's see what happens. Uh, I will go two for three. You will go two for three, and we will be right back here on Thursday to uh, wrap it up for everybody and uh, tell everybody exactly when we're going to do the deep dive and how we are going to dissect the uh, 2022 Cubs season. Yeah, we are absolutely, we're not going anywhere guys. There's going to nope. be tons of stuff to talk about. We have interviews lined up. The Arizona fall league is going to be happening. 
expect the Cubs to be really active in free agency. I think, you know, we've spent the last couple of years, the hot stove for the Cubs has been like a cheap microwave. It's been awful. You know, there really hasn't been anything to talk about or get excited about. This, you know, we don't have to deal with the, the lockout like we did last offseason. I think for base, you're going to have the, um, the GM meetings, which haven't been around for a while. They're going to be doing that. And don't forget, Cubs convention. So we are going to have your back here on Fly the W, everything you need to know to talk about the Cubs. And we're going to laugh. We're going to have some fun. We're going to introduce you to some people that you know. Might introduce you to some people that you don't know. But I would tell you this. Make sure you're following us, downloading, subscribing, liking. We have all our socials, and uh, you can always find out all the latest information that we have for you there. Uh, you can go to Fly the W670 on Instagram and on Twitter. You can go to Fly the W on Facebook, and you can go to um, email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Well, Crowley, I know we'll be back on Thursday, and then I'm pretty sure we'll be back on Monday, so two a week, and then I hope. There's a need for some emergency podcasts, if you know what I mean. That there's some good news, some breaking news that we're going to need to address right here on the Fly the W670 podcast. That's a wrap for episode number 38. This is season one, and we call this Finishing Reds Hot. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. <laughs>